0: good job we didn't do that a hundred times that was first take
1: it only took like six hours <laughs> and an awkward pause for me to hand my guitar to Cameron bring it back to episode one with the guitar stuff ladies and gentlemen welcome to the everything comes from something podcast my name is Isaac Grant I'm co-hosted with Cameron Tuttle I'm gonna
0: say you you re <laughs> Why are you
1: looking at <laughs> <And> We <laughs> have a lot of energy tonight. Oh my gosh.
0: I'm gonna say you redeemed yourself
1: for playing Star Wars really bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we, what... we we spent a couple of takes trying to get that down. I mean that was from scratch and no guitar tabs come at me. Nah, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Good job. Good job, Isaac. Uh, before we get into the topic of the show today, we just wanna thank all you Patreon supporters out there. JK, it's only one. Darren for being an awesome producer. Thank Shout you, out Darren. to Darren. Woohoo! <laughs> claps for darren darren's being great i gotta hang out with that guy yeah hey, i gotta meet him yeah i've l- never met darren. we'll hang out with him soon okay you heard it if you heard it here first darren so text me anyways um for all the rest of you who don't support us on patreon you guys have a great opportunity to do it uh we're there uh all the time <laughs> that's the best way to play and uh and you can support us for as little as a dollar a month Um, we want to start getting a question show going and stuff. We want to do so much more with this podcast, but we are also extremely lazy and busy. So yeah,
0: you know, I'd never checked (laughs) last, last week. I, I said that you should send in your emails, but I never checked the email.
1: (laughs) I'll check right now. Okay. We'll do that for this show. Cameron. Uh, we have the normal social media garbage, but we're not going through it. Let's get into the topic, man. I'm excited. Let's do it. What's the topic today? We're
0: talking about video games and how video games are art to
1: us, more specifically. Right. We're going to defend video games because we're a bunch of nerds. To the death. And also because... Uh, because it's easy to talk about something we really love and not do a lot of <laughs> research. But the research episode is coming soon. Um, We got a request from someone specific who wishes he could Patreon support us, but he's also just a great friend. His name is Will Lubke. Shout out to you, bro. Thank, thank you so much for uh, giving us a great idea for the show. And, um, of course, our executive producer also has that option. Darren has a show planned for us eventually, but we have some interactivity coming for it. Uh, If any of you guys know what an escape room is, we will be going over that fairly someday soon. Uh, Oh, I
0: went to one recently.
1: Yeah. Well, um, then you'll get along just fine with Aaron. I'll tell you that. Cool. Um, So yeah, we're talking about video games and specifically we want to talk about our relationship with video games, uh, sort of like how we got exposed to them and what our experience with why we love them so much is. But then I want to specifically go into when did we start seeing it as an art form? Because a lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of people are like, stupid nerds playing games, cussing at each other online, you know, doing all <laughs> that garbage. And I can't blame them for really thinking that. But
0: Honestly, like, if you've ever been in a, uh, in a game of Call of Duty on the Xbox 360, you know, you just know how bad,
1: how bad gamers can be. It's such an exciting experience, Cameron. I, I can't believe you're dissing it right now.
0: I honestly hate talking to people on, on online. But it's fun when you're it's fun when when you're with people. Like if you're if you're both in the same room together, it's it's fun to talk to people online. But if you're just by yourself, it
1: feels mean and cruel. Huge update. No one gave us any questions. So we're actually in the clear. And also yes! our community, <laughs> where are you at? It's just an empty room. Yeah. It's just us. It's just us. It's just us and the best friends. So all right. Um Video games. Let's start with exposure. When was your first memory of a video game?
0: Well, I uh, was born in 1997, not to date me. Um, but, uh, so the first, I mean, the, the in 1996, the uh, the Nintendo 64 came out. And so that was my the three-legged
1: first... three-legged controller.
0: That was my first uh video game experience
1: this is the third generation of console for you those of you who do not know
0: yes uh it's the third nintendo console um but the uh yeah so my grandparents had a an n64 um and i think i feel like they bought it at launch which is weird to me weird but your grandparents like video games i don't know that's so strange i mean i think maybe they just bought it for us this will get the kids excited yeah, um, but they bought pretty good games with it too. They bought like uh, they bought Super Smash Brothers and uh, and um, uh, Super Mario sixty four and th- so those were my first two two really big memories of playing games was playing Smash with my brother um, and uh, getting beat really bad because um, I was like two, but it doesn't matter. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't really know why my grandparents had it because my, my older brother, he was pretty young too. So they must've just been in, they, they must've just been like hip, on, hip on the times.
1: Cause. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. I yeah. mean, my A- Amy's kind of that way. Sometimes she'll, she'll hook it up with cool game consoles or like, um, you know, they'll have game consoles at their house and whatnot. So,
0: yeah, I think the only other. Um, Console that I bought at launch, or that I got like gifted to me at launch, was my PS4, which I bought. Oh, I'm
1: curious. Actually, what are your what are your launch consoles, Cameron? Do you have any? Yeah, just my PS4. Dude, you want to know something crazy? You have only launch consoles. My Vita was a launch console. I I bought. I waited. I remember that at Best Buy. Um, actually, my aunt Amy got me it for my birthday, but she got it for me in a box that was like a fake PS Vita box because it hadn't come out yet. Mm, and it mm. was like, hey, we're gonna go together to Best Buy. That's cool. That's it. really cool. Most exciting thing, I got like little deviance with it. <laughs> what a mistake. It was like the she had like the pre-order in there. Yeah, yeah So yeah. I was like, oh yes. Little deviance. Big mistake.
0: That's that's super funny because yeah, so like when well, well, I guess we'll get to that later. But yeah, my 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 first console was the N64, playing with my brother. Um, i mostly actually, I still have that N64, by the way.
1: What color? What color? What color?
0: Normal. The ugly. Yeah, me too. I have a regular.
1: uh, Raisin color. My first console was an N64, but I was exposed to video games earlier than that. Because when I was born in 1997, my dad played video games. So my dad always had Sony consoles. He was a PlayStation guy. And, um, so he always had a PlayStation one. And I remember it was behind this glass Door, which is very 1990s, like uh, we had like the entertainment cabinets, with right? Like
0: one of those sliding uh
1: huh. And there was a sliding glass door with the PlayStation behind it. And as a young toddler, I'd stick my face up against the glass and just start licking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But my dad used to give me a controller, uh, to shut unplugged. me up unplugged, yeah, yeah. He would just give me an unplugged controller, so I'd sit there and, and watch him play Tomb Raider or whatever other ugly PS1 games he played. <laughs> Eventually, when I got older, um. I I think I was like four or five or something like that. I my cousin Mark actually had an NES from when he was in high school, mm. so I used to play Super Mario Brothers, OG like just yeah, the original yeah. one, and then Contra, surprisingly. Oh wow! Um, which I still love. And actually, just recently he gave me the copy of Contra that I used to play as a kid. Oh wow! Because I have an NES, um, so it's awesome. That 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 game is great. Um, and then I got my first N sixty four. From my uh, my Aunt Sherry, she had a GameCube at that time. Mm. And she was like, I'm not using this. This is like my second console. So you can just have it. And I had like four controllers and a bunch of games. Uh, highlights from that are like Super Mario 64 I played a bunch of. Uh, Mario Kart. Oh, gosh, what was it? Uh, Donkey Kong. There was this game called Rush that i really enjoyed. It's like an old that arc. It's an old arcade cabinet game converted into an N64 cartridge, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is weird. Um and then uh this game has uh, Star Wars game. What was it? Shadows, oh, yeah, of the Empire, Shadows of the Empire. Which we have a long critique of Shadows of the Empire. And this episode is probably going to be a long niche boring uh <laughs> like us walking down memory lane but oh, like I'm tr- most of our
0: episodes.
1: <laughs> oh, like all of this show? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but we'll try to be as informative as possible, especially if you don't play games and, and towards the end of the show, stay tuned because we're going to talk about in defense of artistic Mm, video games. Um, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem with Shadows of the Empire is it's impossible.
1: Uh, (laughs) the game, it feels like you're driving a tank that for tires has silly putty. (laughs) and then that and And you have to platform it's put in a form of a human being with a blaster and his head looks like a brick and you're like
0: you you move the torso separately
1: usually on a controller left your character will strafe left yeah or right he'll straight right but on the n64 there's only one analog controller no second stick to do like camera controls so when you pressed left and right he would actually turn left and right he would pivot so it would be like you'd pivot and walk forward and pivot and walk forward and the guy looks so stupid on screen it's a star wars game so we both loved it I yeah think. yeah yeah it was like first of all that music
0: can we talk about that music mm-hmm. whenever i hear it load up in the uh in the battlefront uh the new battlefront game oh yeah, they, yeah. U- they use like all the music i'm just like oh so good brings me back but the game itself was pretty bad, and I don't remember anything about it other than IG-88 was in it.
1: And All you Star Wars nerds, you know what we're talking about.
0: And there was an impossible, impossible desert level. And it's the it's not we a desert
1: level. You're on a junk island, oh. like a junk planet. The whole planet is a junk
0: planet. Wait, wait, no, no, no. The one we were talking... No, not the, uh, not IG-88. Oh,
1: you kill IG-88 at a junk planet, but yeah. then you go to this like desert planet in the hills...
0: Yeah, and it kind of looks like um well, I mean it's it's not really a desert because like the textures on the N64 <laughs> it's are just nothing.
1: tan, okay? It's just a tan level, okay? <laughs> and then like when you look out across the mountains you just see gray fog because yeah. the game can't render anything more than that. Yeah. So the game is awful, but it, it I think it kind of cements what we were looking for when we started experiencing oh, you know remember, like in that in that artistic games. Because it does have I will give it this, it has art direction. Yeah. Like at least it has art direction. I remember it was so shocking to
0: me when I came down that like little ledge area in the beginning of the Desert Planet, uh-huh.
1: and there were brown wampas. And I was like, Yeah, what the heck is going on? There are wampas here. The, which is basically a Sasquatch, if you don't know. Yeah. Uh they're they're seen in Empire. Yeah, Empire. Epi- but it's a snow Wampa. Yeah, snow. But then there's these turd colored Wampas in the game. <laughs> and they literally look like turds because the the graphics are so bad, yeah. And you're just this brown blob, they're like, and yeah. they were scary too. It was kind of pretty spooky, they had their own little cave. But if you killed them, you got some ammo in there,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So,
1: um, so yeah, video games were a big part of my childhood, and so maybe I'm coming at it a little biased, but I will say that I didn't originally and play them for like a deeper form of entertainment, even as a kid. Um, when you're consuming films and TV there's like deeper themes that you don't realize you're consuming and and you're excited about and I think that you know parents and and people who look at that um you know films TV and books I would say they're like oh there are these inherent deeper ideas yeah for you know different the, this form of media maybe there's good stuff I want my kids to watch read listen to and and for for me like my
0: my Mom, we talked about like the the movies and, and the books that we were consuming and we talked about like, hey, what, you know, what is the meaning of this? What, right. is, the, what is the deeper analysis? But for video, video games, there's just nothing. Right. It, and it was, <laughs> there's like a
1: stigma like behind. white noise. Uh, yeah. There's a stigma behind video games where it's just like this is just a stupid, mind-numbing brain experience, which to, to those critics' credit, um, there are video games that are like that. I would say most video games. Are kind I of disagree, but I could see how you would argue that. Um, and, we'll, and, and we're going to get into it right now. Um, so, when was the first time you felt moved by a video game? Well, Just emotionally, like something was special. And I want you to start with the small things. Yeah, yeah. Like so, going back to the music. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off.
0: No, totally. So, um, yeah, the uh, I guess the first time that I felt. Something different than just like a white noise, like oh, this is fun, was was playing um, Super Mario sixty four, mm. where I there's a couple specific levels where you go in and the music changes and the tone of the of the game changes. Um, there's there's this one level Dire Dire Docks, which like the music still kind of brings me back into like a little little like anxious. Uh, water nervous ball because yeah. because the 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 game it's like an underwater level but it's so
1: like mysterious yeah it's Is very
0: mysterious it's very creepy and I could never really I could never really get past it because there were these eels um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah. dumb
1: but like and Cameron never ate sushi again
0: well. No, I mean, I love sushi
1: now, but... That's why he eats eels, to get back at his scared childhood. But
0: you dive down, like, it's it's kind of, it starts off with a beach, and then you go into the water, and there's a pirate ship, and then you dive down underneath the pirate ship, and there are just these circling eels, and these <laughs> holes in the wall, uh, where these eels' heads are just popping out, and, and, you know, gotta eat you. And, like, at that point, I was just like, no, I can't. That, I, I'm done. I'm done with this. That sounds
1: very scary, Cameron. I mean, it was scary when I was, like, four. Well, here's the thing. With that with that Mario 64 game, the music and composition is where I started to notice a totally. level of art. You know, the game has a cartoon artistic design, so people kind of write it off, right? Mario, most people know what Mario looks like. Yeah. Um, But the music in that game is mostly upbeat. There's also a lot of silent moments. Mm. But the levels that are darker and more like slower pace less like enemies and whatnot they like really lean into that dark mysteriousness um there's a level with like uh, i think it's called bowser in the dark world it's like the second Mm, world boss with lava or no that's the first that's the first world boss the one where it's like floating yeah and it's just dark and that one's kind of like weird echoey synths going on and and then later on you go to like a haunted mansion that's pretty creepy. There's no music, just the sound of ghosts <laughs> creeping you out. Um but yeah, like that I I would say that that game also kind of punched me in the gut when I started playing it. Yeah,
0: and just like even the tonal shifts between like you jump into these pictures and you know, you're you're sort of transported to different worlds and like even that was was really interesting and mysterious to me. And it was the first one of the first examples in games where you just Get to explore. You know, right. you're just you're just dropped into into this castle. You have no you know no no instruction on what to do other than you got to save the princess, but you don't know how. Right, and, and you're dropped into the castle and or outside the castle, and you're like, okay, go find out what to do, and yeah. go go you know go talk to to Toad and go you know
1: jump I, into pictures. I and, love games. And and we'll get to this. I love games that are hard or easy to pick up and hard to master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it kind of goes back to Super Smash Brothers. I don't know if this really coincides with the argument of art, but I will say the fact that Mario sixty four is sped run by like these professionals now. They beat it in like twenty minutes, which is crazy. Sorry, I've been drinking <laughs> fizzy water. Um, uh, it's it's just it's unbelievable. Like how when you first play that game you're presented with an open area with no difficulty and you just yeah. kind of you learn the rules of yeah, the game. Yeah absolutely and then the first level is like okay let's put those rules to the test. And by the end it's like you've mastered the rules. Or you're in theory. <laughs> in theory. If you ever got that far. I mean but the end levels are not easy. No, right? they really hard. They're they're pretty tough and they really require you to be like Okay, I need to learn how to do the. Long I never jump.
0: actually beat it on on my N64. I beat it on the DS, but I. Oh. Yeah, what? I didn't. I didn't beat it. On okay,
1: the people hate on that DS one because the D pad. I beat. I beat them both on oh, yeah. uh, the N64 and the. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the crappy D pad version, and I loved them both. I'm sorry if that offends you. If you, if, dude, people are against.
0: But the it, stick is like just as hard, honestly.
1: Like people if. are against three D Mario games with. D pads, which is not an analog 360. It's just four directions that you kind of have to mush around. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it, for a 3D space, it is it is difficult. But let's let's move on from Mario. Um, I want to argue for myself for a second. Okay. When I was younger, you don't have
0: to argue for yourself. Right? I'm gonna. I, I like you just <laughs> the way you are, Isaac. Well, I
1: hate you. Okay. Um. So the uh, when I was younger, my parents were like, you can only play 30 minutes of video games. Mm. Every Saturday morning when I was young. So that was like a big thing. Literally, my teachers when I was younger, they were like, is Isaac okay? Because I would write in my journals how much, how excited I was for Saturday <laughs> morning to play video games. You laugh, dude. My parents were pretty concerned. But my dad said, okay, well, if you play with your brother, I'll let you play for an hour. Mm. So it changed the way I consumed games for a long time mm, as a mm. kid. I basically would only play multiplayer games. Mm. That's it. Because if I played a single player game and got alone with whatever a developer was trying to show me, it meant less time to play. So I'd really have to love a game to do it. So yeah. Super Mario 64, I would play uh, alone because it was worth it to me. But there weren't many games after that that I really valued in in that sense until the PlayStation 2. So I spent most of my childhood playing multiplayer games. And I feel like in a multiplayer setting, there's really a loss of artistic flair. Yeah. Uh, because really, the the appeal and the excitement of the game is is found through uh, interaction with each other. Two yeah, people, yeah. right?
0: Competition or cooperation, like right?
1: Yeah. And it's just starting. You're just starting to see cooperative gaming turn into also like or uh, cooperative gaming come together into an art art artistic, like, narrative. Yeah. We we bought a game called A Way Out, which is exclusively split-screen. And we have not finished it, and we can't say that it's really that good. We barely, like, <laughs>
0: we played, like, 15 minutes of it. We just
1: started like... playing it, but it's trying to set up a story, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, low-budget yeah. game, so the voice acting is pretty awful. But it's it, it's setting up a story and uh, a cooperative experience that's more artistic than, I would say, the old split-screen games. Right, right. You know? Um, but... And just to some degree, there are still cool split-screen games that are that retain their arti- artistic style beyond um, their single-player. Like, I mean, Halo is pretty cool. Even when you're playing split-screen, there's still all this stuff from the story. So, I mean, you have to have played the single-player, but you couldn't get that uh, just through split-screen. Yeah, I never not. really played. Okay, so you talk for a little bit because I'm, like, already falling over my words.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I guess the next iteration was the was PlayStation 2 for me. I, I got a PlayStation 2, and basically all I remember about the... Are you pouring a drink right there? <laughs> Could you pour me some? Yeah. <laughs> um, basically all I remember uh, about the PlayStation 2 era was <laughs> terrible tie-in video games, um, like The Incredibles 2.
1: For those of you who don't know, the PlayStation 2 is the best-selling console of all time. Yes. It also houses the stupidest library in the world with a ton of great games and a lot of garbage, like 70 soccer titles and... Two billion football titles. Okay, like it is. There are like a, it, it was a oh. madhouse. It was a madhouse on, on the PS two. The last PlayStation two game came out like in twenty fifteen. Really? I'm not even kidding. What you. was it? Like Evo Soccer or something? Why? I don't know. Here, I'll look it up for you.
0: That's that's actually kind of horrific. I don't know why people are still putting out PS two games. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it
1: has a higher value just because
0: it's the last one. <laughs> That's so funny, um, yeah. But the the PS two era basically was literally not like I had no I have no memories of any games that were uh, artistically worthy. I didn't play any of those games. Dude,
1: I got it. I was a year off. Evolution Soccer twenty fourteen. Oh my gosh,
0: that's nuts. How that many? Is nuts. How many? Do you know how many copies it sold? Uh, uh, if it doesn't say it, you don't have to say it. No, um, it doesn't. But yeah, so, uh, like honestly, I all I remember is The Incredibles two, Lego <laughs> Star Wars, um,
1: like those just terrible, terrible movie tie in games. So my dad had a PlayStation two. I remember he played a game called Dragon, which is about riding dragons with a chick that was a barbarian and semi revealing. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool <laughs> for the PlayStation two. For it, the yeah. PlayStation two, so that would mean a bunch of. Uh, you know, tan textures on a blob. Um, and then uh, he also had this game called Time Splitters 2, which is pretty bomb. Uh, if you don't know what it is, I actually went back to play it because for some reason I saw a YouTube video on it and then I was like. Is that
0: the one uh, in arcades? Or I don't know. No, that's Time Crisis.
1: Time Crisis. That? Time Splitters had this cool idea where it was like the first game, I, I don't really know, but Time Splitters 2, it's kind of cool. They basically, you're like guys in a space station. And you have the ability to, uh, you're basically fixing the world. So you like jump in these portals and go back in time to fix these issues. Do you Um, ever kill Hitler? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not quite sure. I I don't remember the story. It's alien bait there's aliens and weird garbage in Mm -hmm. it. But it was cool because like, oh, one level you're in the Soviet Union with AK47s. The next level you're in like ancient Egypt with shotguns and killing like (laughs) and killing like these like skeleton demons. Like it's just such a bizarre game. Interesting. It was really cool. Um and I really wanted a GameCube during this time. No one listened to me, and they got me a GameCube a year before the Wii came out, and I was in denial for the entire Wii cycle. I was like, "GameCube is better than Wii. GameCube is better than Wii," even though like <laughs> people already were moved on to Xbox. You 360. know, though, at
0: that time, that was kind of around when we met, right? Uh, it must have been no, 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 like no. junior high-ish. because I remember after school or after no, after school after church, we would hang out in that room in that broom closet and play video games, right? And uh, and play like.
1: Mario Kart Double Smash Dash and Double Dash, yeah, and Double Dash. Um, hey, you just said you never played Melee, but you're a lying slut, Cameron, because <laughs> you used to play Melee at the church. How could I forget? Yeah, that's true, but I was oh, bad at it. Oh, 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 I was oh, bad at it. Oh, 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 you just got caught, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I caught, I with, never, your, caught I never, with your zipper down. I, I don't know why I'm making owned, all these terrible references. I never there. owned Melee. So, so you never played it? I never played it. It's dead to you in your heart. Yeah, it is. If you love melee, keep on smashing. I guess. I
0: yeah. I mean, I I don't. I, it's not like a dislike. Melee you know, people
1: like buy CRT TVs just just to, to, just 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 to, play just to continue playing melee because play like the input latency and whatnot <laughs> for the competitive <laughs> scene. I'm not even kidding you. They're like, they're they're very serious. People are so nerds. The competitive scene for Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is a super old game like 2006 or something, mm-hmm. people bring in. Um, CRTVs, C CRT TVs, yes, CRT TVs, into tournaments like they carry them in on their shoulder. <laughs> That's I'm, absurd. It's so weird. I oh don't understand gosh. why they do it, but they do. And uh, Jonathan Adam has one in his garage, and we play melee every once in a while.
0: Huh. Well, yeah. I mean, I had a friend, my friend Zach. He had a he had a GameCube, but I don't even know if he had melee. We played this game called. Uh, oh, I gotta talk about another game, but. Uh, We played this game called. uh, uh, No, it wasn't Rage. Mayhem. That's what that was. Mayhem. It was you were big monsters and you and you climbed buildings. You're wrong.
1: Rampage. Rampage. There's a movie that came out about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, Rampage, the movie. It wasn't very good. What a dead trademark or dead uh, franchise. Like I don't know why they would even make a movie based on that. No,
0: yeah, I have no idea. That game was relevant. The la- 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 last time it was relevant was like two thousand five.
1: Rampage was fun. I never got to play this game called Destroy All Humans. It looked really fun too. Uh, hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I just I would read so. Nintendo Power over and over and over again and <laughs> look at that game. Being um, which,
0: but but then on uh, my friend, my other friend Aaron, he had a PlayStation two, and he had this game called uh, um, it was like Monster Fight. It was something what? like that, you Monster know. Monster Hunter? No, no, it wasn't Monster Hunter. You were big monsters and you fought each other. Rampage? No, it wasn't Rampage. It Like Rampage didn't have fighting. You just climbed buildings and stuff. It you could kick each other in Rampage. But no, but it was like a level. Like you selected levels and you could go to like Tokyo. Oh, was
1: it like Godzilla or something? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was a little bit like, but it wasn't a
1: Godzilla game. It w- it was called. Um, I have it. I have it on the PS3. This is a random side note. I recently started college. And someone's name was, someone's last name was Jaeger. And I was like, have you seen Pacific Rim? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say that to him. I was like, that's such a cool name. Anyways. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so that, that game was fun. And then we always played NHL and I was really bad at it.
1: Disgusting. Sports games are boring and non-artistic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not going to
1: talk about sports games and I'm sorry if you enjoy them.
0: But they, there was this one mode where you could be zombies
1: and you could turn on fire. It was pretty fun. About the PS2 era, <laughs> this was the area, uh, the the gaming scene where I was getting older. I was just finishing up uh, elementary school and getting into junior high. And I started to realize some things. Video games made me feel something. They made they made me start thinking about deeper ideas, and it started with a game, a small game called Shadows of the Colossus, which. Uh, now has kind of a cult following. But it's a really weird game, and I'm going to describe it to you if you've never heard of it. It's been remastered in, like, 4K special mode. Uh, and re- I hear that's really good. Though. Built from the ground up. Yeah, I own it. It's really good. Um, It's a game where, it, first of all, the cinematography is very cool, uh, right off the bat. And it pushed the PlayStation 2 to the point of, like, almost overheating. The game <laughs> barely ran. Because the game is not your normal video game. The game... Uh, so most video games, you, you kind of fight a bunch of enemies and then get to a boss, beat the boss, blah, blah, blah. Most people understand that this game, there are no small enemies. There's a massive desolate open world. Okay. And there are no enemies. There are no enemies. It's you and your horse and that's it. And then there are these massive rock creatures called Colossi. Um, I have to burp again. By the way, if you want to know what we're drinking, it's sparkling water. There are 13 of them, right? Actually, all got gra- no, there's 18.
0: Oh, there are actually
1: 18. there's 16. Uh, uh my bad. I don't know why. There was originally so weird thing about Shadows of Colossus is the director originally wanted there to be 32, but um Jeez. we are drinking Crystal Geyser sparkling water, if you want to know. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares. Thank you for our sponsor. Uh, Crystal, Dude, Geyser. Crystal Geyser. These belches are for you. Um <laughs> so back to shadows. They originally had designed the game with 32 enemies in mind, hmm. but they said, "What if we take all the concepts of these enemies and convert them into just 16 really small, unique, different bosses? Each boss is this huge beast that you have to climb on and discover its weakness through different mechanics. Essentially, you kind of like have to crawl on their back, and if you find a certain spot, uh, there'll be a, like a glowing symbol." On them, and you have to like shove your sword into it, and it like sprays blood out everywhere. It's really gruesome, but like the the music like if you ever want to listen to music that makes you feel like you're experiencing something different, mm. uh, mystical, mysterious music, uh, just check out the Shadows of the Colossus original soundtrack.
0: I would also recommend like if you if you kind of want to get a, an idea of um. The game and like how the how the game works. Just look at the um the art that like the art design that it's, comes from yeah. from like the the bosses. It's like really crazy.
1: It's, it's really stunning. Cool. I don't I don't. It is very Japanese. Yeah. But something that I love is that the game never explains why you're there. It shows you.
0: No, it's it's it, got that little section in the in the beginning where the
1: there's a there's like a fainted.
0: Woman or whatever? So,
1: no, no, no. What happens is it shows a rider wearing a hood carrying in, like, a body bag. Mm, yeah. Through this long process, just music and, like, you know, credits for who made the game. And then, eventually, he walks down into this big tower and lays the body down, and it's some girl. And you find out that your character is a guy. um, And he... You hear some, like, mystic voice that says, you're in the Forbidden Land. If you want to save the one you love, you have to kill these, like colossi and what's weird is that most games you'd be like oh okay cool I like, gotta go kill the bosses when you show up to these like big beasts they don't even notice you like they yeah. don't even care about you I mean if you aggravate them they'll start to fight you but it's more of a puzzle to see how you can defeat them and then like I watched a, an interesting video I, I forget what it was but it was it was sort of trying to you know amplify the artistic nature of this game um the music actually shifts after you kill the boss into a minor key by like the third note or something mm-hmm. like that because in a certain degree, you're just killing innocent animals that live in this area, And in it, this it world. actually
0: does feel really sad when you when you kill these bosses. The it's game
1: like, is depressing. Oh, it's yeah. overcast pretty much the entire time. Well, just... that, that was just because the PS2 <laughs> needed to rent. No, but I think it was an artistic decision yeah, no, because I... the sun still shines through in certain areas, but... Your character, like, when you kill a monster, he collapses and then its soul evaporates and pen, like, it just, like, these, it's like these weird noodles, black noodles come out of the enemy and then they, like, spear you. Your character gets, like, killed essentially. And then you wake up back in the temple where your girl's laying, and then a statue has crumbled for where you've killed one of them. And the, the game's end... I mean, I'm going to spoil it. If you want to play this game, check it out. It's on PlayStation 4. It is a Sony exclusive now. Uh, or it always has been. But the game ends with you basically consumed with the souls of the of the, of the the um, bosses that you've killed. You Your horse, your only companion through the game is dead. It dies on the last boss, which is like... I almost cried when I was a kid when I saw this. Um, and... Like you, it's like you, all the black goo consumes you. These men show up who are like, this man has like trespassed our religious like area. He's not supposed to be here. Um, Like you were never supposed to be here. And so they come to kill you essentially. And then you become one of the big colossi at the end. You murder everybody. And then you basically, you, your character like falls into this well and becomes a baby. And then the girl wakes up and the end of the game is the girl holding the baby and that's it. The game's over and it's super weird. Okay. But this game, I remember watching the end of the game and I was just like, wow, something about this is just strange, mysterious, foreboding. I was like, this is deeper than the stupid books I'm reading in English class, which um, at the time I was only in middle school, but I was just like floored. About how how like how immersive and detailed and artistic the game was, and I, and and so from that point on, I started to see games as something different than just button mashing stupidness, right? Right. right. Yeah. I mean,
0: it, yeah. I didn't play Shadows of the Colossus until the PS3 era, um, so I didn't get that sort of experience. I had it secondhand, um, told to me. But yeah, I mean, it was it It was always a really powerful experience. It kind of when you go back and and play it now, there's something a little bit quaint about its uh
1: like its S- controls some and... well, the remasters rework the controls, oh really, but the game is very simple, yeah, like its oh, yeah definitely. all you do is just go after these bosses that are not too difficult. i mean, you could play it on a harder difficulty, but
0: yeah, but it's i mean it's still it's very beautiful. it was always very
1: it's a very um, lonely game,
0: yes, yeah, exactly.
1: But I can understand if, I I wouldn't rec if you're trying to get into games again and you're like, man, I kind of want to, I want to find something cool and artistic. I think I don't know if this is the game you want to run to right away. There are better options now, and I yeah, want to start yeah, talking about those. Where I, I mean, that was the critical moment for me where I was like, dude, games can be something more. They can make me feel something. Yeah. What is a fond memory that you have of, of feeling something like kind of crazy with the game?
0: Well, I feel like. I, well, I, kind of just as a sidetrack, I think a lot of games really capitalize on the sort of loneliness feeling um, or the isolation feeling, um, and that was really apparent. Um, uh, Isaac's just making weird faces. Dude,
1: That's no, stuff. I'm just burping over here. We ate Mexican food, and now I'm drinking this bubbly stuff. Oh, dude, it's bad. Here, bring this closer. Okay. Oh 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 oh. oh, oh. Um,
0: yeah, so I think a lot of games capitalize on on sort of loneliness and and isolation, and I I can't really think of very many games that um that talk about happiness or family or good feelings, you know, like like movies, they're like feel good movies where it's like it's sentimental, but it's it's like oh that was really that was really sweet, and right? That was really like you know that was that was very.
1: It seems that. Yeah, it seems that most games are, are more dark, and then if you want a lighthearted game, you usually have to look for, like, kids' games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and most kids' games are not artistic, except, I mean, then I played a game called Jack 2. Um, if you don't know, Jack and Daxter was made by Naughty Dog, who have who have made larger franchises now, like, Uncharted, than The Last of Us. But they started on the PlayStation 2, and Jack and Daxter was just a goofy, like, 3D... Uh, platformer game very like cartoony but jack 2 is very different you get sucked through a portal you end up in a city you commit crime and then you join a crime syndicate and you start wielding weapons and the city is gritty dark and dirty and i as a kid i was like i didn't expect this for jack (laughs) 2 this is weird yeah yeah. um and uh that game made me feel something because just the overworld music was just very like low and minor sounding like boom boom I think uh, music uh, like has a lot to do with it. Definitely, but that game kind of makes you feel like I am a nobody in the middle of a big city, mm-hmm. and so I'm just gonna create havoc.
0: Yeah. How- well, uh, so another one of the one of the games that really, really, um, sort of hit me as something more than just you know something fun was was Portal Two. I, it was it was one of the first experiences that I had where I was like, not only is this really a f- pretty funny game. But it actually really gets dark in areas and really puts you through sort of an emotional process of like, right. oh, man, I'm really alone in this in this building that I have to get out of. And, you know, it's it's and well, then at well, the explain, same time...
1: explain Portal, because okay. I have never played Portal, two actually.
0: Oh, OK. Did you play the first one? No,
1: like, I understand the concept, but for those who don't know, I'm not really like. Yeah. Really... Yeah. So
0: uh The beginning of of Portal 2, you wake up in a bed and it's kind of like, oh, everything's all right. And then you look out the window and and just like everything is gone. Like uh, like all the buildings are like destroyed and everything is gone. And so there's a robot voice who basically is guiding you out of this building. Um, And in order to get out of the building, you have to solve puzzles using... Uh, portals Uh, you have a portal gun and so an orange portal and a blue portal they connect and you have to connect it to to solve different puzzles it's like a puzzle platformer yeah um and it's a really fun game just on its face like if you didn't pay attention to any of the story it's a really fun puzzle game pretty hard um
1: (laughs) i think i played a little bit of one of them and i was just like i'm so lost right now
0: it's a mind bender because you have to you, I mean, you know, you can imagine
1: having... well, it starts including like velocity and, yeah, physics. <laughs> and physics into it, and they they're very physics based puzzles, and I just yeah, and you have to
0: jump, you have to jump a, at a certain height to to fly out of a portal over to the other side and stuff like that. and it, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a really it's a really neat experience, but you're you have two companions in portal two. one of them, her name is Gladys. And she was the villain in in Portal One, uh, but she's like this really mean <laughs> robot who talks, about, who talks about your weight and how fat you are and <laughs> how you don't have any parents. <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> and it's uh and it's really funny. She's like a she's basically like uh, like a bad boss. Yeah. Um, where she's like, oh, just a reminder, you. Uh, you're a little overweight for that puzzle. <laughs> you
1: know what's weird is that the, I know from what I remember, the game takes place in a very clean facility. Yeah, but then it's also like kind of falling apart at the same time. Yeah, in yeah, Portal exactly. Too.
0: Um, and that's because, as you learn later in the game, basically everybody is dead because it's 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 uh, it's essentially connected to Half Life. Oh, um, oh, so in the company in half-life they're trying to make the portal gun too i think i never played half-life so if i get this wrong
1: and i apologize for those of you who play pc games um yeah we're not nerds pc games actually seem to accelerate to artistic levels quicker just because the technology is more advanced i know a lot of people hold half-life as like a big staple yeah. for like artistic
0: games. So, from what I understand about the story of Half-Life, is they're trying to create portals, but the th- their company does it really wrong, and they summon demons or aliens oh. or something. Um, and then, but in the portal world, they the the company does it right. Um, but by Portal Two, everything's already gone to hell. Mm. So, um, so yeah, they so you're trying to get out of these buildings well, you know, this building while well, there's an apocalypse going on, but it's not really about the apocalypse. It's about you and Gladys kind of getting over the, the, what happened in the first game, which is really interesting. And so at one point she becomes a potato, like you plug her into a potato, like a potato oh. clock and you carry her around with her and, and she has to like explain to you like how she's kind of sorry that she tried to kill
1: you in the first game. (laughs) In the first
0: game. And then she, then there's like this whole love story element to it where, you know, the basically like the CEO of the company uploaded a memory of, of I think his wife or somebody, somebody who he loved into the computer and that became Gladys, the AI. And so like, there's a bunch of, there's just a bunch of really interesting like storytelling mechanics that you wouldn't expect from just, A kind of fun puzzle game
1: it's weird because portal 2 is almost pixar-esque i feel yeah it is it's like um from what i've seen it seems to be very tight quippy writing with like a very clean aesthetic that is just satisfying um and that kind of stuff is what's making us sort of argue in the fact that we think games are very artistic even like of course Video games have art direction teams, but there's more to these games than just, you know, clicking buttons and and just playing with them. I feel like when I when I sit down and watch a film, I can engage with it in a cool way. But a video game puts interaction at the forefront,
0: and sometimes to its detriment. Right, like sometimes exactly. sometimes games will um, sacrifice everything for the interaction, like story and and themes and you know uh, the artistic side of things for the interactive experience which can be fine like that's that's totally fine like overcooked is a perfect example where like it's pretty artistic it's pretty i mean it's not artistic as in but like it's got an interesting art style right but it's basically just a frantic game where you
1: try to run a kitchen yeah where you try
0: to run a kitchen there's no story there's no plot it's you know
1: for those of you that work at restaurants that must be a nightmare of a game you should never touch it it's so much fun it it (laughs) It really is is. (laughs) but (laughs) but you You didn't chop the onions fast last time Cameron so uh we're not going to talk about that
0: but you know you you know what I mean is like basically the whole game is pressing a couple buttons so that you can get you know these orders filled and it doesn't it doesn't serve any other purpose other than just being fun but then there are certain games like Shadow of the Colossus which strip everything away uh, all of the you know the, the things that you would normally expect in a video game like you know enemies and and game mechanics and and that sort of stuff it strips everything away to just
1: engross you
0: to just put you in a world and really give you that sort of hit of 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 this artist's design. Of, yeah, of... there's a
1: level of awe, almost. Yeah. And that that game, Shadows of Colossus, continually shocks you, right when you think you've seen everything. Yeah. It always ups the ante. And I want to get to what we think are the top picks for artistic takes. If you're looking for a game that's going to suck you in and have you like interested the whole time, I want to talk about those games in a second, okay? But first... But first, <laughs> but first, we are going to be talking about just quick uh, games that I think do a decent job. But maybe you shouldn't pick them up and play them today unless you're really into like the games that we're into. Um, couple a couple choices that come to my head. I think Infamous One, totally. Although it's artistic, I don't know if it holds up as well today. But it definitely has a very cool style. Yeah. Um, kind and of
0: the a- the. So choosing morals, and like choosing the good side versus the bad side. Yeah, it was, was w- really it interesting. Was,
1: it was one of those games that introduced that. Um, I'd
0: say Arkham City for me was was a really important game where I was like, "Oh wow, I feel like Batman." It's like a you know half of its stealth, half of it's hand to hand combat, and it's like it may, it really does make you, like put you in the shoes of of, of Batman.
1: Halo, and, I'm I'm gonna jump out for Halo Two, um. Actually, and Halo Reach. I'd say I have more of a connection to Halo Reach. Halo 2 deals with um, religious uh, bigotry and betrayal and the and the issue with like, like there's an alien species that basically is just full wholeheartedly blind and ignorant to their traditions. And you see that kind of play out with the survival of humanity and things like that. Mm. Deep themes. I think that Halo Reach is better. Um, literally, I, I don't know. It blows me away that, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Halo Reach, but this game starts with a cracked marine helmet in the middle of like a dust storm. And that's also how the game ends. The, uh, that is your helmet. You create your Spartan at the beginning and you see your helmet like buried in the sand with a bullet hole through his helmet. And the last level, you fight to the death. Like it's literally like the level ends when you die, and I don't know. There's just something powerful about that because most people when that game came out knew that Reach was a planet that was destroyed, um, before the first Halo mm. game. So it's a prequel, but it's like you get to see these people kind of fight when they know they're losing, yeah. and you like it, it's 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 a weird thing because they do things like they kill characters really quickly all of a sudden. It's almost like very similar to like a Saving Private Ryan. Mm. But then there's, like, intimate moments, too, where, you know, the big buff brute guy is like, I'll see you on the other side. And then, like, everything explodes and he does. And you're like, oh, I like George, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that, one, that one's a cool one. Um, I'm also going to throw out Black Ops 1, which is weird for a lot of people because Call of Duty, most people are like, I hate Call of Duty. Black Ops 1 is awesome, okay? There's a great video by this guy named the Ackman, and it's called Why is Black Ops 1 so awesome? And it's because it is. It's in 1960 Cold War era. It is what sparked me to be interested in the Cold War at all. And it deals with sleeper agents, um, weird espionage, and the Black Ops missions that happen. You kill Castro, but he's a double in the game. Uh, Your numbers, like, someone activates your numbers as sleeper agent, and you point a gun to JFK's head. Uh, Like, it's like, it's super weird, like... Cold War era stuff. Literally, the menu is you strapped to an interrogation chair. How is that not artistic? Is that cool. is pretty cool. pretty
0: cool. Okay, and you can you can wiggle out and get yeah. to other menus. But uh, I would t- I I mean, if we're gonna throw it out there, World at War is pretty good for a, for a, as a, a take on World War II. I think it's pretty
1: weird. Pretty excellent. It's weird too. Like yeah, they make is. you play as Russians from their perspective in World yeah. War II. Yeah, and then there's the Pacific War. Uh, over, like, the the Pacific Islands. The the Pacific Theater. Which is two perspectives you don't... Usually it's always D-Day is, like, what you see in World War II video games, and they chose to do a different approach, which I think is great.
0: Yeah, no, totally. By the way,
1: Black Ops 1 connects to World at War. You break out Reznov from... (laughs) uh, It's so cool. From a Russian uh, prisoner of war camp.
0: Anyways.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Any other ones you want to throw out there? Before you get to our flawless ones, um, which... I really hope you don't say one of them because I, I, if you do, I'm going to be like, no, that's a flawless one. You should play it today.
0: Uh, no, 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 I know which one you're talking about. talk about that later.
1: Um, um, No,
0: I don't have anything. I'm trying to think. Uh,
1: yeah, oh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 was oh, big for us. Definitely, young, definitely. When we were young. Uh, but I think that might be because we're into Star Wars, but they captured Star Wars in a very fun and exciting way and with screw, the music and everything. Screw those new Battlefront games. Still trying to capture Star Wars again. Yeah. Um, I just but in that soulless like, EA way, I feel like there's another game.
0: Uh, I pl- I think Burnout Paradise was kind a- of just the fun, but it was really fun to just ri- drive around. I keep in the noticing city we're and- bringing
1: out like music. Burnout Paradise yeah, yeah, totally. really relies on music.
0: Totally, it's got such a good soundtrack.
1: Yes, um, I don't know why I'm keep. My lips over <laughs> again. Um man, there wait, there's a game. Oh, Luigi's Mansion. It's kind of weird. Mario. That game is Mario. weird. I couldn't get past the beginning because I was too scared as a Mario. little kid. Um <laughs> that was a fun, funny
0: I, that, I, I don't even really remember that game, but
1: it was kind of funny. The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. But I might even argue that's a great artistic game for today. And I think that will segue us in to the greatest artistic culminations of modern video games now. If you want to get back into video games, now is a great time. I think,
0: hands down, The Last of Us.
1: Okay. Why do you say that?
0: <laughs> well, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but The Last of Us is a game that you can, you, you can put on at any time, at any point in the game, with anybody... And it's just...
1: Everybody's hooked. It's... Everybody is so hooked. It is so cinematic, and t- the, the best word I can describe is intense. Oh, yeah. The game is, like, teeth-biting intense. And I've only played the game on the hardest difficulty because I'm like, I will not play it for anything else but Which is, but like, the really
0: hard. It's, like, ridiculously hard. It is
1: super hard. If you want to be as manly as me, good luck. You you don't have to play it on the hardest <laughs> difficulty. I, so, I, I
0: played it through the first time on... I think hard or medium or hard, um, and that was perfectly fine because you get the you get the story and you're you're able to. I honestly
1: think any Naughty Dog game, Uncharted Four or The Last of Us, is a perfect place to start because they just totally. nail cinematic, cinematics and interaction at the same time. It's like, think of one of your favorite action scenes from a film. What about that action scene? makes you excited and engaged. Well, I'll tell you what. If you start playing video games that demand a level of interaction with that action, suddenly action movies are ruined. <laughs> and I don't know how to say this better than when I watched Mission Impossible, uh, whatever Fallout, the new one. Mission Impossible, Fallout. They were arguing, this is the most action-packed, coolest stunt movie ever. And I watched it and it was cool. But I was like, it's not as cool as when I'm playing Doom on the hardest oh difficulty gosh. and interacting with ripping demons in half. And like that game is like, Oh, I, I don't even know where to start Dude with it.
0: So good. It's so, so good. I don't even know if it's artistic or not,
1: it but is, it's no, it is so artistic, but it's not for everyone. So it's that, amazing. that was supposed to be on the other list. I am so sorry guys, but that like action that is so interactive in that sense, it it ruins action that's not interactive.
0: Yeah, well part of part of the uh the what makes action movies fun is there's an intensity that comes with with risk, right? And so like part of watching Mission Impossible is knowing that oh my gosh, Tom Cruise is doing these stunts and he's you know, he's hanging on to helicopters and he's climbing up buildings and, you know, he's doing all this stuff and he's 50 years old. And is he going to survive? Or, I mean, we obviously know that he's going to survive, but but like there is a risk factor there. But it, I don't I don't want to know. I don't want to say that it doesn't compare, but I do want to point out that in video games, there is an intensity just inherent in success or failure.
1: Because right. you are in control,
0: right? Exactly, and so like that's what one of the one of the things that makes the Last of Us so brilliant is they use that intensity of like, oh, am I gonna get caught? As a game mechanic, like right. the 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 game is is honestly about either sneaking past people, sneaking past uh, clickers, sneaking past these these you know tentpole game mechanics that if you are found out, it's like a fight to the death.
1: These games that we're going to talk about, we are not going to spoil because we want you to go and enjoy them. Yeah. Especially like The Last of Us. The Last of Us, if you don't know, is sort of a post-apocalyptic setting, which is way overdone. So when we're telling you that this game is awesome, do not ignore it. I think it's it's so cra- most of
0: what's what's fun about that game isn't really the like the like zombie esque, but, but
1: even the zombies part of it is. So interesting. Totally, they base it off a real fungus that is, grows in ants and re-eminates ants' corpses. Yeah, and they say re- this reanimate, reanimate, re, or literally. and so these ants are basically zombie ants. And then the in the game world, they're like this uh, infection somehow transferred over to humans, and, yeah, and so-, so like
0: people grow stuff out of their heads and
1: and you know they get a gross them. fungus in their eyes the fungus grows from their eyes in the game and then like basically they when they become fully grown out and reanimated they have to use echolocation to find you so this so could you have be to like, like sneak
0: by yeah they and they click
1: like they make okay, that ter- <laughs> terrifying sound, um, and it, there's cool elements of horror, intensity, thriller, and then just like really good character relations and writing through. It. Yeah,
0: and you're you're guiding this this you know, what is Ellie, ten year old girl, yeah. um, this ten year old girl through, uh, through the world. Um, no spoilers or anything, but you you you're trying to get her to a certain location. Your and, old man Joel. And you you know because of sort of your, the events that have happened in your past, you're really reluctant to, to, you know, let her into your life, into your life. Yeah. And, and so there's really interesting character drama. There's really interesting, you know, story and, and world building. There's and themes
1: of like responsibility, parental stuff, uh, blah, you know, depression, um, just, I don't know, like loss and grief. And, yeah
0: and it's a really heavy game it's like really dark Like, <laughs> really is, depressing it is
1: it is pretty depressing i,
0: I won't lie. and uh, sorry just to bring it bring it full circle that's that's the, what he was playing on the guitar i realized we never that's right. we never <laughs> explained
1: that uh yes the last of us g- has a haunting guitar theme um and if you listen this far in the episode at least you'd have one question answered
0: yeah, like, what was Isaac playing on the guitar before? Well, are
1: you sure they're drinking sparkling water? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I would say if you want something more lighthearted, more most recently, uh, Naughty Dog, which is a PlayStation-owned first-party studio, which made The Last of Us. You can only play The Last of Us on PlayStation. Made another game called Uncharted 4. It is the Indiana Jones sequel you always wanted. It's great. And it is it is really fun. And Uncharted 4 is more a more serious take on it, but it's still goofy. There's a lot of jokes, and... And that game is exhilarating as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, it, it, is, it really is like an Indiana Jones movie.
1: It's like, and the new one feels kind of like Mission Impossible, but because you're interacting with it, it's more exciting. Yeah, to me, for for me.
0: It, no, it's. I mean, it's a fun game.
1: Let's talk about something for you, eight bit heads out there. Hotline Miami, oh, Hotline Miami, bad. Hotline not, Miami's sixteen bit. Not even the sorry, my bad. Um, not even the second one. Just get the first one. Oh, the second one is bad. The first one is awesome. It is a top-down, um, like bullet hell kind of game. Yeah, but really, really gruesome, really gory, uh, <laughs> very dark. Everything we're talking about is dark, <laughs>
0: um, like super violent. But imagine, like, so it was actually a game that was that was inspired by Drive. Um, the uh, so the themes and the and the elements of of Drive. The so movie. it's very
1: neon L.A. Yeah, vibe. So um, lots of pinks, uh, neon blue, um, oranges, and it's a top down where it's like I think you're a Vietnam vet and you're going through. Are you in that one, or is that the second one? Oh, gosh, the, the story makes no sense, but essentially, you kind of like have a mental breakdown at the beginning in this very artistic style, and these weird like entities are speaking to you in these couches. They're sitting in couches and they're wearing masks and they're telling you to do all these violent things. But essentially what you do is you put on a mask, you uh, have nothing in your hand, you walk into mob houses and kill all the mobsters. Um, but the the rule of the game is that everyone dies in one shot or one hit and you die in one hit as yeah. well. So And it's so
0: frustrating, but it's like... So rewarding once you finish a level that you've been working on for like dude, a long
1: time. the music is bumping too. It's like oh, it's hard synth, super punchy. Like w- you can play this game on a sound system, you're like awesome. It's on everything. This game is on pretty much everything except for like I played for, it like, exclusively like, on my Vita. I'd say it's great for PC uh, because the mouse is it's just, it's just so cool when you when you get the aiming down. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about something a little bit lighthearted. You haven't played this, but Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is a Nintendo Switch and Wii U game. Super artistic. Zelda fans hate it, but I'll tell you what. Zelda fans hate it? Some Zelda fans hate it, and they're wrong, okay? Just because it's different doesn't make it bad. And it's Nintendo's take on a modern open world, but what it does is within five minutes, okay, which is literally you waking up and walking up these stairs, the whole world opens up, and it tells you to... Go figure it out. And it's very similar to Super Mario 64 like we're talking about, except it has this artistic mysteriousness, kind of similar to Shadows of the Colossus because there are large creatures in the world. But it's very like, we're not going to hold your hand. We're not going to tell you what happens when you put fire mushrooms with uh, regular mushrooms in a pot. We're not going to tell you about how you can jump up in the air, put your shield on your feet, and slide down a mountain like a snowboard, okay? And I know that sounds stupid, but it is. everything about this game is fun. Everything about the game is fun. They they this is one of those games where there is no like the story is fine, but the story is not important to you enjoying the artistic experience. It's more about the vistas, the loneliness and the excitement of exploration.
0: Yeah, from what I hear cuz I I haven't played the game at all, but from what I hear there's there's a, the the brilliant thing about the game is that you can just explore and figure out how to do things. And in that way, it's kind of like the mechanics of it are part of the art.
1: Yeah. It's like in a world of boring video game tutorials, this game does not have a boring tutorial. It's just like we know you want to go figure out the rules yourself. I think actually
0: that's what people back in the day loved about Minecraft. Um, Do you remember when Minecraft like came out in like the alpha phase was like, you were just dropped into this, this kind of weird block world, and you just had to figure it out.
1: Yeah, there was, like, a community that built basically all around it. Yeah. But there's, like, weird stuff in that game, too. Like, I mean, Legend of Zelda is what I'm talking about. Like, they give you these strange physic-based abilities, mm. and so you can start messing with them. Like, hey, I want to go over here, but I don't want to walk. So instead, I have an ability that lets me freeze an object and apply physical force to it, and then once the timer runs out, the physical force is applied at full power. So, for example, I'm going to freeze a boulder, hit it with a huge hammer like 12 times before the timer runs out. Now, like, a certain velocity is pushed on the boulder. When the timer goes off, the boulder is going to go flying in that direction. So what I do is go to a big mountain, freeze a boulder throw as much power behind the boulder as I could, grab onto the boulder, and then when the timer bursts, I'd be flying across the map on a big rock. And you know what's crazy? Nintendo knew I was gonna do that. <laughs> they know that you're they're like, you think you're clever, but we put this stuff in place. And then you start solving puzzles that you're like, haha, I broke the game, but then there'll be a treasure chest at the top of that hill. And they're like, see, we knew you were going to try to break the game. And we knew that you were up to no good. Interesting. And it's 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 very cool. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is awesome. Artistically as well. People would say the same about Super Mario Odyssey. If you're a Mario fan, you need to play that game. Uh, I think it's great. I haven't played that either. It's really good. Super Mario Odyssey is really good. But if you are just looking to get into artistic video games, I mean, if you want a fun, lighthearted game, that one's good. But... Uh, if you're like feeling nostalgic and you enjoy Super Mario, you need to play Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. But I, w- I won't say that it is an artistic return or something to explore right as you're starting. Yeah, well. What other games? You got anything else? I would recommend Doom if you like shooters and death metal. I love Doom.
0: It's so good. Did you know that that game doesn't even have guitars in it? It's all synths. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I don't I don't
1: believe that.
0: I didn't believe it either, but I who watched... Who said that? The guy who made the music. Oh. I watched a TED Talk with a guy.
1: But the guy
0: or a, a played a
1: live talk. show with a guitar. Well, he said that he just used uh, synths. I mean, okay. Like, I, I could see it, but they're heavily distorted synths to make them sound like guitars. Like, he played a yeah, live yeah, show yeah, yeah, with yeah, a guitar. Sure.
0: I'm Well, he is a guitarist, so I, oh, uh, he okay. based, I, I'm sure he based it on guitar, but... Um, in any case, it doesn't Weird. matter.
1: What other? I'm trying to think. There just got to be a couple more. But those were the ones that I really, really stood out to me. Um, I think God of War. If you're really interested in a in like a really
0: well told story, mm. um, it's super interesting. You don't have to play the other God of War games, but this new God of War is is really neat. I'm I'm not that far into it, but um, it's it's very very well told story.
1: I think we want to talk about video games. One is because we've been geeking out lately. I feel like Cameron and I have been playing some games together that have just been really enjoyable. And I think video games get a bad rap. They have a really cool uh experience if you're willing to uh open yourself up and and play them.
0: So what I w- what I wanted to talk about a little bit was thinking about it in con- in the context of um of like film history uh because that's that's what I know pretty Pretty well, um, like video games are not that old. When you really think about it, they're about forty years old, um, right? Like you know, late seventies was mm. sort of the first era, um, but it didn't really get you know gain gain a whole lot of steam till the till the eighties um, and the late eighties, right? And when you think about it, that in the context of film, when film became um, like a respected medium was probably the the 30s mm. which is about 40 years into into you know filmmaking as a process like the right. first the first films were like little tiny film strips about trains pulling into stations <laughs> and it was like a novelty a novelty thing that you would you know, watch in a little a little box. Yeah, and then it it evolved as as the form went on, and then it, you know, in the in the late thirties, the forties, and the fifties. I mean, less so in the fifties, but in the in the thirties and forties, it really became a respected medium. Mm. And so that was about forty fifty years into the lifespan of of film, which yeah. is I think where we're
1: seeing video games right now. They're starting to transcend. I would say here's the game I was thinking of. This is another small game. It's called Journey, mm, and yeah. it's just like a nice painting, but it's basically an allegory for life. And I it's really only like a 2-3 hour experience and there's mm. nah, there's not very much interaction. It's like reading a very fancy art book. But it does make you feel something by the end. It's it's a, it's a pretty it's a decently powerful game and uh, very very beautiful as well. Um, but I think there there's so many of those small cool little titles that, that that I feel like paint new worlds and pictures for you to explore that you just couldn't experience in um, in the same way as a video game. Just yeah. something about the interactivity like puts the you unfinished there. Unfinished Swan. That's a weird game.
0: That is a really weird game.
1: It's a game where the, whole world, fun, is, the, the whole world is white. You yeah, can't so you... see anything, but then you can throw paintballs that splat, and you can begin to see the world, Yeah, which is v- such a strange, awesome idea. Yeah, It's like someone watched that scene in Princess Diaries where they're throwing darts at the balloons, <laughs> and they're like, this should be a game.
0: <laughs> bringing it back.
1: Bringing it back to the number one film of all time, Princess, Princess Diaries.
0: Princess Diaries. Love Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah. Um. So Well, yeah, it's it's not a very fun game necessarily. Yeah, that one's boring.
1: But it's a, it's a really interesting concept. It's a good thing Juliana doesn't listen to this. One time I, I played that game with a girl I liked just because I thought she would like it too, and she did. I'm not going to (laughs) ask her. was like, oh my gosh, this is the best game I've ever played. I never liked video games. And I was like, gotcha. So if you're a guy and you're trying to impress a girl, um, make them play Grand Theft Auto V. Kiana said it was boring. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Grand Theft Auto V is pretty artistic, but that's... uh, That's a different topic. It's a different... That's a whole nother thing. Yeah, it's really artistic when you can kill hookers. (sighs) I almost just wanted to end the podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) I almost just pressed stop. That
0: was what that big side was. Well,
1: thank you guys for tuning in. It's been an hour and a half or hour and a 10. And uh, um, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, Everything Comes From Something is all supported by you guys. So we appreciate any ratings and reviews, especially on like your listening service. And, uh, yeah, we hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening and make sure Aww, to get... that was so kind. And make Wishing sure... Wishing them of, uh, a great week? Yeah, have a great week. Aww. And um, make sure to get into some games. Play some games for for a change. Uh, maybe instead of watching The Office over and over again, you can do something new and exciting. But, anyways, right. have, have a good one. Have a, have a great week.